is episode 21 of The Janet Lewis Show. In the podcast, I'll be talking with people who have tapped into what they love and are living the life they imagined. Or maybe they didn't imagine it, but have become super successful at what they're doing. They've been able to figure out what gives them energy or makes them happy and turn it into a business, or they found a career that allows them to shine. We're going to talk about their life story, how they got to where they are, and what has influenced their journey. Today, we're talking with Laurieann King, an intuitive coach and portrait photographer. If you are feeling overwhelmed by life's challenges, stuck where you are and scared, or unsure of how to move forward, Laurieann is the perfect person to help you gain clarity, discover your unique gifts, help you feel more grounded, and become more confident in who you are and what you should be doing so you can move forward and be an inspiration to those around you. Laurieann has been coaching people for over 35 years. She holds a seventh dan in Yusudu, a Japanese system of self-connection. And over the years, she's facilitated many spiritual workshops focused on self-reunion. I love that term. <laughs> in 1989, Laurieann began practicing body-mind-centered therapies, including natural healing, five elements, osteopathic advanced cranial sacral therapy, cognitive somato-emotional release, bio-tuning, neurobioacoustics, sound therapy, and shamanic journey work, etc. The list just goes on. She is a creator of Open Inward, a signature program that coaches spiritually attuned people to connect to their wisdom, develop their psychic faculty, and learn intuitive coaching. Laurieann is also an intuitive portrait photographer. She offers Open Inward Journey Portraits, a unique and nurturing experience that guides her subject to feel safe, seen in positive ways, and most importantly, captures rare expressions that reveal the beautiful soul they are. She is passionate about making a difference in this world through helping others see things a little bit more clearly. I am totally looking forward to this conversation with Laurieann. I've worked with her in the past and she was able to help me get my mindset, emotions, and energy in alignment, which has allowed me to see my natural gifts and focus on what matters the most. Every single time I speak with Laurieann, I always learn something new that really gets me thinking about bigger and better things. So Laurieann, thank you for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me. I, I'm, I'm listening and I'm going, whoa. <laughs> Right? <laughs> yes, you're impressive. You have, you know, so much history of coaching, but you, the one thing I love about you too is um, you're just so authentic and real as well. Thank so, you. Thanks. you know, I love that. And just so everyone knows, like I first met Laurieann at The Collective, which is a women's networking uh, group for female entrepreneurs. And the first time, Laurieann was one of the guest speakers, and she walked us through this activity to get us thinking more about like what was holding us back or what was blocking us. And Laurieann would ask participants to share answers. And if you like innocently volunteered your answer, um, she would then like dig a little deeper in a very kind way. But what I remember the most is that some women would end up in tears and very emotional because what they had just discovered about themselves in front of everyone was really deep and meaningful for them and was going to actually help them move forward. And then the second time I encountered Marianne <laughs> was at the same group. She was presenting again, but this time they were giving away like two free sessions to two lucky winners. And just as she was putting her hand in to draw out a business card, I thought, oh my God, she's gonna pick me and I'm gonna win. And I have to preface this with like, I never win anything, okay? And so this thought came to me and sure enough, it was my name that was called. And all I could think was, oh, this woman is gonna make me cry. <laughs> I hate crying. And I went up to claim my prize and, Lori, and told Laurieann the story quickly. And she said, oh, don't worry, it's gonna be fun. And I remember like, as I walked back to my seat, I thought, oh, I think her idea of fun and my idea of fun are very different. <laughs> But I booked the free session and then I went on to book a program with you. And for me, it was life altering. You know, I think um, if you recall when we went through that and sometimes the universe like gives you things that you need, even though you don't know that you need it. So I'm super grateful and thankful that my name was drawn 
even though I was terrified and that we were able to work together. And thank you for everything you've done for me, Lorianne. It's been, it's been a blessing. That's for oh, sure. that is so cool. Thank you so much. I, I love, I love these stories. It's, it's brilliant. It's, and I love working with you. I love your energy. You're so charismatic. <laughs> yeah. And I love working with you because you allowed me to be like completely vulnerable with no judgment and you were always like 100% honest and called me out on stuff that I needed to be called out. Um, and you always gave me action items at the end of each session, which were not massive things to do, but they were just little small things that really made a difference and moved the dial. And so I can't wait to share your story with everyone because I don't even know your whole story. So <laughs> I'm going to be hearing it for the first time too. So this is kind of, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Okay, this cool. Is my kind of fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so maybe we can um, start with like a little bit of your history. Like, where did you grow up? What was it like? Uh, what were you passionate about as a young girl? And then we can move into, you know, high school, university, college, whatever oh that looks like, baby marriage, kids, and how you ended up owning and operating your own business. Like, there's so much for us to talk about. We're not going to get it all oh done. <laughs> okay. Well, let me give you the nutshell version. Uh, so I grew up in Toronto, in Willowdale. And um, um, what I loved as a kid, I was a weird little psychic kid. And I was really fortunate that my mom never dismissed my visions and my sleepwalking and speaking to ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> so I was definitely a weird little kid. Um, but um, no, I was really fortunate because so many, so many people have psychic experiences as children and their parents dismiss it as, oh, you're daydreaming or that's just a dream or, you know, and my mom was very, well, she was very supportive. And um, actually, by the time I was 14, I thought I was kind of losing the plot. And she took me to see, uh, at the time, quite a famous uh, psychic healer in Toronto and, um, and he, I began studying with him at 14. I started studying wow. meditation and biofeedback and, um, you know, all the different sort of psychisms. And um, it was, it was fantastic. And so I kind of stumbled through life, meeting different mentors at different points. I really believe that we need each other and we do need guidance along the way. And, uh, and it just shows up, you know, you know, the old phrase, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher appears kind of thing. Right. So, so I was always passionate about, about sort of things that weren't kind of run of the mill. Like I, I remember in grade six doing this project on Atlantis, you know, the lost city of Atlantis, you know, and drawing all these pictures and everything. And, you know, the teacher was kind of like, oh, I've never heard of Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, there's Lemuria too. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of, I guess, my childhood. And um, um, yeah, what else did you want to ask me? So, as a, so I guess let's talk about this a little bit because as a child, um, did you feel like your mom was obviously very supportive, mm -hmm. but was not everybody around you was probably supportive. So you probably got teased a little bit or were there challenges in that way? Um, well, definitely. I mean, um, very much, very much challenged through school because I was also dyslexic. I'm still oh. dyslexic, but I, you know, I've learned to kind of, you know, you create all sorts of little tricks. Like I remember as a little kid, I couldn't tell the difference between my left and right because of the dyslexia. So I, I would have to pick up a pen that I knew, okay, that's my right hand. And then I became ambidextrous and that got more... <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, so yeah, definitely, you know, I, but I think most people, their experience of, of, of school can be, you know, somewhat, there's always bullies, there's always people making fun of kids that are a little bit different. So definitely, but, um, you know, you just kind of hold, you just kind of hold, I think as a small child, everything is kind of on the surface and then you get more armored up as you go in, especially in the high school, right? You don't let anyone see your real game. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, I still might not let anyone see my game at this age. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's exactly right. Well, the, where do we get where we get those patterns? This is where we get them from, right? Where it's not safe to show up as who we really are. And uh, yeah, so absolutely. So you um, go to high school in Toronto as well. Yep. Yeah. And then what was after high school? 
Well, after high school, um, I, well, I, I went to college. I wanted to become a policewoman. I was convinced that I wanted to be a policewoman. I was very much inspired by um, a family, um, like a, a close family to ours, um, and they were all in the police. And um, and one of them was a policewoman, and she would often, we, we often had a cruiser in our driveway with a cop pop, popping in for a cuppa. And, um, and she just was like, she was just such an inspiration to me. She was this beautiful, tall policewoman with this blonde, big knot on top of her head. And I was just like, oh, my God, I want to be her, <laughs> you know. So um, but it, it wasn't meant to be. It just it just I actually went through the beginnings of the testing and all of that. And they said, you know what, come back in a year. And um, well, in a year I was, you know, married and then, you know, so started that path and then started having kids. And yeah, so, um, yeah, that's kind of how that all went down. So I actually started working for myself all around the same time because I was already doing psychic readings. I mean, now I go by the word, the, the term intuitive coach, but basically I, you know, called myself a clairvoyant, a psychic, a psychic medium, a medium. It's all the same and um, yeah, so I mean, I was doing readings even at the age of 14, 15. My sister, wow. who's older than me, she would, you know, have some of her hippie friends in and then they'd, you know, they'd sneak me down to the basement when I should have been in bed and I would do these readings with them, you know. So he <laughs> <laughs> told you, weird kid. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, come, come, meet my sister. Yeah. Did she charge people? <laughs> No, I was just, I was the entertainment, right? So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I did have some kind of quote unquote regular jobs along the way, but it was always this. And so this is you know, like, I never really had um, a career other than this. This has always been what I've been doing, you know, for a long time. So, and had kids and carried on and just, yeah. So, so when you, when you think back to like, when you first started, what do you think some of the bigger challenges were that you had? Self-worth, self-confidence, um, just, uh, just, yeah, I mean, that's it in a nutshell, right? I mean, when I work with people now, I've identified that we have three primary lies. You're either, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, and I can't cope. And so, you know, and, and so, yeah, I sort of went through all of that, definitely, you know, and like trying to put value on your, on your, your gift, you can't, you put value on your time and your energy. So, yeah, so those are definitely challenges that, you know, over time, I think that's why I ended up adding so many different tools to my tool belt. Well, look, if I do this, then I have more credibility. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of, um, especially new entrepreneurs do that actually. So you see a lot now, especially that are maybe getting into coaching where they will go and take this certification and that certification and that certification, because people sometimes look at coaching. I don't know why I've always loved all the coaches in my life, athletic or non. Um, I was actually just recently talking to a dating coach too. And it's like, you know, you have a fitness coach why wouldn't you have a dating coach for that area of your life you have a business coach like it just makes sense right anywhere you yeah. need help but for some reason coaching sometimes gets a hard um like it's not as like some people don't look at it as being so positive but it can be a very positive experience mm -hmm. I think you know it, it's just almost like it's a catchword. it kind of came out I don't know when did this this sort of whole life coaching business coaching kind of it's a, it's a fairly new phenomena really what 10 20 years I mean that's that maybe isn't new to some people but uh, yeah I mean it, we're just mentors guides you know we all need help we need you know it takes a tribe to raise a child it takes a tribe to raise an adult too <laughs> you aren't kidding about that <laughs> yeah. so. so what is it so you had your gift you're passionate did you, when you first started out, did you love everything you were doing or did you find some things where you're like, oh, I just don't want to have to do that part? 
No, I think I was just like obsessed with anything that was occult or esoteric or, I mean, I was just caught and this was pre-internet days, right? So it was the library. It was, you know, it was books. It was, you know, whatever I could get my hands on, you know? Um, No, there was, you know, the, I think the only challenges were all, were all business related and um, not necessarily what I was doing, but how I like, so there's there, you know, the running your business and then there's the in your business, right? So the running of the business was always kind of like, you know, that was where it was, it was all referral based. So I was like, I don't need to do any of that stuff. People just keep coming and knocking on the door. So. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I, I believe, and I tell this to people, especially if they're going into a service-based business, as long as you're good at what you do, you will always make money and you'll always have clients. Yeah, I th- I think it, yeah. I think it's true, but but I think that that we need to um, foster in clients uh, that spirit of reciprocity. You know, if you had a good experience, hey, tell your friend, because I think that like so you know, because I've been at this for over three decades, I've noticed that say in the last decade that there's less of that that's going on because I think people are just so busy that they don't actually always have the kind of quality heart-to-heart conversations with like a spouse or your best friend like oh I just had this amazing session and unpack it it's it just seems like people are so busy that they're not always getting that time do you do you find that yeah like it's like move on to the next thing move on to the next thing um I also think too with referrals like I know this is kind of funny but when I had orange fish and uh, I would be at a trade show, people would be like, oh my God, I love everything you have. This is like my secret spot. I'm not telling anyone. And like, as a small business owner, you're like, no, tell everyone. <laughs> yes. So I think too, like some people like to have these little things in their back pocket or like it's a true. secret that kind of helps them in the background. And they may not necessarily want to share with everybody all the ways in which they're getting help. Yes, that's very, very true. It is It is a funny thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely true. Yeah. It's funny, but you would think like if you want the best for a person, although I have to say like sometimes I haven't referred people and maybe it's bad on my part because I haven't referred them because I'm like, oh, I don't think they're ready. Right? Oh, right. And not yeah. necessarily just for your service, but even for other people. It's like, oh, I don't think they're open-minded enough to be ready for it or. Well, you just never know. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, just like, you know, trusting those intuitive hits and acting on them immediately and not, you know, I call it, you know, we either like, you know, like I, I like I have this image of we have two little creatures on one on each shoulder. Right. And and one's like, oh, say that. That's funny. And the other one's like, oh, my gosh. And then there's like that big intuitive hit or, you know, it's like that sort of fear or truth base, you know, like these these polarities are we're, we're constantly going from our brain to our heart or heart to our brain. Yeah, I got the angel and the devil. The devil yeah. wins a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what makes life fun, you know? <laughs> yes, it depends on what you call fun. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We have to define that. Um, so you have, are married. You're balancing this business. You have how many kids? Two kids. Two kids. Yep. And um, yeah. So um, yeah, that that was that was challenging. There's no question about it. Um, and um, I also became a single parent. Um, you know, when my my kids were, oh, how old were they? Like four, two and four. Wow. Yeah. So, so that was, that was fun, but you know, it doesn't, doesn't kill you. It makes you stronger. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Single parent, single income earner. Yeah. So all the responsibility burden is kind of falling at you to make these little successful human beings and provide for them. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's, that's, you know, I, I think that sometimes there's a difference between you know, I had this, uh, it's, it's a really funny sort of, you know, reference, but, um, uh, you know, it's like, no one else is going to pick up the dog shit, you know, you got to pick it up. Like, you know, there's the difference between have to, and, you know, 
not have to. <laughs> and when you have to make money and provide for your family, it isn't a case of, you know, someone else is going to do it for you kind of thing. So, yeah. So that's a very crude example. Pardon me. You might want to keep <laughs> that part out. <laughs> no, but I think, I think it's true. Like I don't have, listen, did you not tell me I should get a puppy? I still don't have a puppy. Do you know why? I don't want to pick up the dog shit. <laughs> that's the easiest part. <laughs> so I can appreciate your example though. <laughs> exactly what I don't want to do. <laughs> you got to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I guess you could hire someone, but anyway. <laughs> so at what point did you um, feel like, did you ever reach a point, a one of two points where it's like, what am I doing with this business? Is it really going to go anywhere? Or did you reach a point where you're like, wow, this is really taking off. This is like, I can certainly do this my whole life. Like, when did you decide that stuff? Um, so you know what? I, I don't think I ever gave myself the luxury of that. It was just, it was like, um, you know, it was just a gradual, continual increase. And then as I added, uh, you know, more sort of tools, um, then it just kind of became wider. So, but it wasn't like overnight. It was just, it was a gradual, whenever, you know, I talk to someone, they're like, oh, I want to, I want to do this. You know, I want to do this. And it's like, you know, how did you get started? And it's like, you know, I cut my teeth on my, you know, just continually just working hard at it and um, doing the best I could. Right. And and then and then just building it slowly, you know, one referral at a time kind of thing. So um, and definitely adding different elements in to serve my existing clients with new services um, was and I still do that to this day. You know, I've yeah. just I've just cut in some new services. And so just keep serving, you know, your community. Yeah. It's like, you have to continue to evolve. Like yes. even if you have a service-based business, you can't just be like, here are my three services. This is what I'm going to offer for the next 40 years. And you better, I hope you want it. But it's like, you do have to kind of shift and evolve. And even like, sometimes it could just be terminology changes. That yeah. make the service more attractive depending on what's happening in the current world, right? Yeah, I think that's you've hit the nail on the head there. You have to evolve and and sure and sure there are terminology changes as well, but definitely evolving and yeah, that's why you, you, the work never stops really on yourself, right? Yeah. Well, I would say like I think and I think I shared this to you with you when we were when you were coaching me is. I feel like orange fish stopped growing and evolving when I stopped growing and evolving. So it's like, as a business owner, if you ever think that you don't need to learn anything or you don't want to learn anything, or you think you know everything, you better look out because your business might start to take a bit of a downward turn. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, it, and so, it's, it's, it's good, right? Cause then you can get, you get new information, new information creates change. And we only change when we have new information and it's not always good information. Sometimes we have to sort of decide what to keep, what to get rid of. And yeah, it's alignments. Yeah. Yeah. And so in all the years that you're doing this, when you think about evolving or changing, is there one thing that kind of stands out to you that maybe had the biggest impact or was the most difficult change for you to move through? So maybe, maybe I'm not normal. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said that in the beginning, didn't you? <laughs> you already told us that. Because <laughs> that, that sounds very left-brained and I'm a very right-brained person. And so I never really kind of think, oh, it's time to pivot. It's time to shift. It's, it just starts to happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, the, and then it's like, oh, I guess I'm developing this now. So it, it's, I, I don't know whether it's just very organic in that way. And like when I began to, like I was all up in studying natural medicine and working with chi or, or whatever you want to call it, prana. And it all felt very woo-woo and I loved it. And then it was like, and then I sort of came into the realm of the osteopathic cranial sacral work. And it was very challenging because it was a lot of sort of anatomy and physiology and great big thick textbooks and but I just embraced it and then and then I I just like dug right in and did everything I could and 
then that became part of my practice. And it gave me this other level of credibility, you know, um, that, that maybe just contributed and it just kind of, kind of evolves from there. So. Yeah. Well, and it also kind of gives you like another dimension or another view. Like it's just kind of like you're adding and it's like, Oh, I'm looking through it this way. Oh, now I can see through it this way too. Yes. That's very intuitive of you. Cause that's exactly what it is. They're all different perceptual tools and um, you know, and it's sort of like a kaleidoscope and things light up whatever is appropriate you know, for whoever you're working with. So with all the different um, certifications that you've gotten, like, for example, um, I'm going to ask you which one was your favorite or which one did you like the most? And I just recently in the last couple of years became um, aware of sound therapy. Mm. And I attended a session and it was wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I love sound therapy. Um, and I did I did a number of different types of sound therapy, starting with just, you know, playing different types of music to then working with, um, you know, the singing quartz bowls, the Tibetan bowls. That was like, now they're really popular. This was like 25 years ago. And, um, you know, I had about 30 bowls at a table in the middle and doing body work. And then, and then it evolved into the neuropsychoacoustic work which is just like on a whole other level, um, the biotuning, which is just amazing. And now sort of binaural beats and it's all now very common, but it's not as bespoke as what that work was, where we were basically, you know, accessing the biosignature of the individual and bringing in their own voice and dropping it several octaves and incorporating that into their unique bespoke recordings that they would listen to as they went through the different brain states like that work is just very high touch wow yeah very this is all pre what now everyone you know considers to be all this this sort of biofeedback kind of binaural beats and sound therapy through this kind of neuropsychoacoustic stuff but that's that's the child of this original work Oh, that's so interesting because I went to, um, how I was introduced to it was um, I attended a sound bath session, mm -hmm. which is, um, I think there were probably about five or six different people playing the instruments and you're just like lying there absorbing the vibration and the sound. It was actually really cool. It's beautiful. It's a great experience. And it just, you know, anything that helps us to sort of heighten our awareness of our of our place in space and time and uh you know like when you're just completely bathed in not only a sound an acoustic environment but also all of those sound waves and they you know they vibrate through the entire body every cell in your body is you probably felt buzzy afterwards right yeah 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 all the so cells cool. are, are you know dancing and and, and hopefully reorganizing, you know, with the body's innate intelligence. So it's beautiful. And so um, you had mentioned like the sound therapy was quite long ago. Is there anything new that you have um, done in the past couple of years? And I don't want to say it's trendy, but, you know, these things do sometimes go through trends. Like, um, Well, let's see. Uh, well, I mean, the uh, I feel like... Um, like it to me, it's always just sort of a, a an, an evolutionary thing, right? And um, so back in like the end of 2011, I know that's more than a few years ago, um, but it's connected to. I was actually working on the my very last client for the year. This was in Australia, and um, and I just had this epiphany, right in the middle of his session. I was like, I'm done. I'm done doing this, 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 this body of work and I'm going to completely start the new year off and dive deep into this intuitive portrait work that was just so inspiring. And my creative spirit was just so hungry for really delving into, yeah. So it's just, I bring the whole, the whole toolkit and push it through a whole other filter. And, um, yeah, so, so I guess that is kind of newish uh, prior know. prior to that did like were you always um like a photographer anyways or 
Was that also something that you just picked up at that time? Um, I was always, always into photography and, um, but that's when I kind of then decided to really get serious about it and, uh, yeah, made that big commitment. So that was very exciting. Yeah. 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 Cause you have like really good, um, testimonials from people and the photography that you do of people is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's also really fun depending on, the individual or the person, what it is they want to portray about themselves. Cause I've looked at quite a few in your um, gallery that you have, oh, but uh, do you have a favorite one that you did where you thought, wow, I can't believe we got here. Like we got this person to this spot. Well, I mean, it's called a journey portrait because it is a journey and it's incorporated with my intuitive coaching. So it's all kind of, you know, it's all kind of fitted together. And so we usually have, um, you know, a connection or a set of connections to work through. And I think, you know, one of the ones that really sits with me right now, I mean, there's so many, um, there's so many, I've been actually going through them just recently with open inward conversations, you know, talking to people, but there's one that's sort of screaming to be shared. And that would be working with this woman who, um, you know, in her early forties had kind of tried everything to get pregnant And so we sort of set up her session around the intention of let's let go of that desire and, um, and just, you know, like come into this place of acceptance of what is, it's not giving up. It's just letting go of that focus of trying to make that happen. And then, you know, three months later, she got naturally pregnant. No way. Yeah. And so, you know, we were, we, we photographed her in the Trent Severn here and letting go. And I had her laying in the water and it was so, it was so magical. Right. And like, she had all these little baby fish all swimming around her. And I was jokingly saying a little fish is going to swim up inside of you and you're going to get pregnant. You know, it was was a joke. Right. So I don't know. (laughs) Wow. That's interesting. That's crazy. But I do think you know, our minds are so much powerful than we can even imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So you had mentioned growing up in Toronto. You have also mentioned that your last client in 2011 was, I think, in Australia. How did you go from Toronto to Australia? Uh, Well, I, you know, I met an Australian and, um, and that was a a beautiful journey. So um, we met in 2002 and uh, in Toronto and um, ended up moving to Australia and then back here and then back to Australia again in 2009. And um, yeah, and so uh, I came back in, um, in uh, 2018, um, repatriated back into Canada. And it's a bit of a, it's kind of my sad story, but, you know, working through it, my, my husband died of cancer. Mm. And, um, so that was a bit of a tough journey. And, and I just, you just kind of don't know what to do with yourself sometimes. And you just kind of, it's like you're, you're a homing pigeon and you just want to come home and to yeah. sort of reestablish yourself. So, yeah, so that's, you know, Australia was, is going to always be a big part of me because of that. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's interesting because right now, you know, there's a lot of talk around being a digital nomad, but you were kind of like a digital nomad before it was a thing. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, as soon as Skype started happening, I was on Skype. I've been, you know, had clients all over the, all over the world. Like as soon as we could do VoIP calls and Skype calls. Yeah. So, yeah, because I was going to ask, like, as you're moving, you know, from Canada to Australia and back and forth, like that must have been challenging to keep your client base or even grow your client base. Um, well, only locally, you know, because I, I sort of maintain an international client base. And so it didn't matter where I was. It was just challenging sometimes working with time zones, especially when you're talking Australia, because that's a big time zone difference. <laughs> the other countries so yeah so yeah definitely I I used to jokingly say that you know I could I could be on the moon and I'd be I'd be happy I could keep doing my thing so yeah no, that's so, awesome yeah. and so um you've always been a solopreneur have you ever had employees or have you ever wanted to have employees 
Well, I'm, you know, it's just recently I was like, hey, I have employees, you know, I mean, I get, I have people helping with, with my business, you know, for sure. And, um, and that, that's something that I've definitely really embraced, I would say, since I came back to Canada more so than ever before. And, uh, which is a good thing. Yeah, it's a, it feels good to sort of expand in that way and get more, more help because you just, these days, you just, you can't spin all those plates at once. You, yeah, I know. I try. I try, but it's it is a, it is difficult. Um, and now, like the work world is really moving to like outsourced contract work, anyway. So it's not like like the thing is when I had employees, I always felt so responsible for them and their well being, and it added like so much more stress. Um, but what I like now is like you can have someone who you've hired to work for you, but they're not technically your employee. Yes. They can still do work with someone else. So you're not 100% solely responsible for their entire yeah. well-being, right? Yeah, that's true. And I, and I, and I haven't had that before. So yeah, that's that, that would be, um, that would be kind of stressful. So yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm the same way. Um, so I'm just going to ask you a couple of like rapid fire questions. And rapid fire is like, my question is quick, but your answer can be as short or as long as you would like it to be. Okay. Um, what is one thing that your mom or dad always said to you that you still remember to this day? My mom, she used to always say, there's no such word as can't. My mom said that too. <laughs> <laughs> they might be from the same generation. <laughs> the same generation, yes it's true though right very true yep yeah um and what is something that you cannot live without coffee whiskey my poodle <laughs> you got three things <laughs> not necessarily not order <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if they are well whiskey i think you know maybe should be first but that's you know that's just my opinion um, what is a memorable moment in your life? A memorable uh, moment. My first thought is like, you know, my kids bringing my kids into this world. Yeah. Like there's not, not much that tops that. So yeah. Cause for grandkids, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause that, it's the same thing. They can come see you, but then they, they go back. <laughs> yeah. They leave all their fingerprints behind, but yeah. <laughs> And so what is it that you're looking forward to for the future? What's one thing you'd be looking forward to? Uh, I, well, you know, um, you know, I know I talked about the portrait work, but I've, I've also been moving into working more with psychedelics and I kind of feel like my whole working life has led me to this place. This is very exciting. I'm just at the very beginnings of doing voyages with people one-on-one -on -one. it's really really high touch work and and I and I feel like that's kind of now just opening up this big door in front of me it's very exciting I haven't even told you about it no I know I'm like what <laughs> I can't wait to hear more about that and so you mentioned something key though like you said um everything has kind of led you to here yes so do you believe like do you think in your life regardless of um what it was you were doing or what time you were at. Um, was it always like, oh, I'm moving into this, this makes sense. Or, I'm moving into this, this makes sense. Or was it kind of like all over the map a little bit? Uh, it just feels like it's an unfolding. It just feels like a flower just kind of, you know, opening more and more and more. And then suddenly you notice, oh, it, it, it just feels like a noticing that, wow, that'd be really cool. And then let's just, I mean, I'm like the queen of imperfect action. I'm like the queen of, I'm just going to scrap my way through it and see what happens. I, I never really sort of have a big plan. I'm not, I'm too right brained, Janet. <laughs> you know, I mentioned to one client, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. Oh, can I, I want to do that. Let me be your first person. I'm like, okay. And, and it just all comes together. And it's kind of, you know, it's kind of cool that way. And then I, then I tweak it and make it a bit better and make it a bit better until I feel like, okay, we got something here. So I'm, I'm sitting in that place right now and it's pretty awesome. That's yeah. amazing. Have you ever had the flip side 
where, cause I'm, I'm the same. Like a lot of times I jump in as I've aged, I, I plan a little bit more, but like I do jump in. Um, has there ever been anything you've jumped into either business-wise or personally where you're like, uh-oh, shouldn't have done that. Hmm. Uh, nothing sort of comes to mind, but I'm sure there's something, um, like I can, I can share a story of something I did. So I was, I've always kind of been a solo traveler. I've always traveled on my own. And, uh, I remember I was in Indonesia and I'd met this girl from Germany and we're on this little small Island and Gilly air. And these guys came along and they're like, Hey, do you want to go on a boat cruise to Komodo Island? And we're like, sure. And like, we're both thinking boat cruise. Like we're thinking yacht, right? We pack our stuff. We have our backpacks. We go over to the next Island. They drive us to where the boat is. We get to the boat and it is a little small fishing vessel. (laughs) And like the oldest fishing vessel you could imagine. And there were about seven or eight of us tourists that were going on the boat. And there were no rooms, like you slept on the deck. We started the journey with two chickens and then rice. (laughs) And we fished every day to catch fish to eat. And we saw like some of the most beautiful places in Indonesia. But there was one night where this massive storm occurred and we're all on the deck sleeping and I remember thinking if my mom knew I was doing this she would kill me (laughs) that was one of those things where I was like maybe I shouldn't have done that you know in the end it ended up being okay but it could have gone horribly wrong that's an amazing story Janet wow (laughs) I I don't even have anything to come close to that (laughs) and I probably don't need to mention that you know the chickens weren't with us at the end of the trip (laughs) They provided us eggs and then a dinner. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But I always, I always find myself in situations like that. Like even when I traveled in Peru, I landed at night and I was like, this guy's like, oh, I'll give you a ride to your hotel. And I'm like, oh no, I'll just take a taxi. And he's like, oh no, no, come here. My boss, my boss is female. We'll both give you a ride. And I'm like, um, and in my mind, I'm thinking, that's probably not safe. But I talked to them like, yeah, we'll drive you. And they drove me and it ended up being fine. But I'm like, I must have someone watching out for me now. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, don't do as I do. <laughs> do as <Yeah>. I say. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But it is kind of fun to kind of fly by the seat of your plants. And, and I think that's kind of what you're saying. And, and I guess I kind of do do that, but I don't, I guess I haven't really looked at it in that way, but that's very cool. That's an amazing yeah. It. you should write about that well and it's also looking at it like maybe you don't have something where you're like oh maybe I shouldn't have done that which is great yeah yeah I'm, right? I'm I honestly yeah like nothing comes to mind so and it could just be you know my my old my old brain <laughs> <laughs> oh come on <laughs> um so in your life have you ever um given up or quit anything um yeah sure um man no, no. <laughs> not not all together. Together, but just certain men. Yes, <laughs> an ex-husband. Yeah, um. <laughs> I love that. I love that answer. <laughs> I've done that too at times. <laughs> Sometimes you have to. <laughs> sometimes it's for the best it's the best interest for everybody yeah like I'm not male bashing at all I I love men I think they're they're beautiful single focused single focused beings yeah yeah so that's just you know being a bit fun so yeah yeah um is there anything with your business that you wish you had done earlier I would say um, getting more help with everything. And um, I really think that that allows you to free up more creative energy to create more things, you know, 
like right now. I think that if I didn't have the help with me, I wouldn't have had the freed up space to actually create something new again. Yeah. But I think getting help is definitely, yeah, more help. Yeah, help earlier. And I think it's important to get the right help too, right? Yeah, the right kind of help. And sometimes you you get the wrong kind of help and then you work through it as well. So yeah, and mentors and guides. Have you found, um, like speaking of creativity, have you found during the pandemic, how has your creativity, has it survived? Has it thrived? What's happened there? Well, you know, with the pandemic, I had to, you know, close my portrait studio down because of the pandemic, but it gave birth to Open Inward. And uh, so that's been absolutely massive. So, yeah, I mean, highly, highly creative, highly focused. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I feel like mine has been kind of in waves where it's like super creative. Now I'm exhausted, super creative. Now I'm exhausted. Yeah. And it really kind of depends for me what I'm working on. If I'm, you know, truly passionate. about it. Well, I, I think that's normal with creativity though, because you do need to rebuild that energy. So yeah, that's a really good way of describing it. It, in, yeah. it does come in waves. Cause there's, there's what, like once you have that creative wave and you have all that inspiration, then you have to find a way to integrate it and implement it. So that's the, the left brain stuff. And I think that's more exhausting than the creative stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, you can have so many ideas, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone can have so many ideas. And, and I tell this to like new entrepreneurs all the time, like you can have an idea, but can you implement the idea? Right. That's where there's a lot of hard work and yeah. discipline and you really have to be motivated and focused in on what you kind of really want. Right. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's like swimming upstream. Well, and nobody else can help you until you at least get some things clarified of what do you want? What do you want? Yeah. So, yeah. and that's really based in your truth and you have to look at what you're afraid of as well. Then once you got all that worked out, then you can bring people in to help you implement it. Yeah. Cause do you, do you find like, do you work with a lot of people that do have a fear of something? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that's where the primary lies and the primary truths sort of show up all the time with people. It's just crippling. Yeah. But then I'm, once you get to the truth, it, it, it's surprisingly easy to become liberated. But then there's kind of sometimes a pattern that kicks people back into their old comfort zone where they're kind of staying small. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Because it's so much easier to revert back than it is to move forward. Well, you know, there's this there's this thing where people don't really make a big change until the pain of where they're at is finally perceived as greater than the pain of change. Otherwise the pain of change just is crippling. We, no one likes to change, but when we change, everything changes. <laughs> <laughs> and it could be good. It could be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it usually is. That's the thing. It usually is. It's refreshing, you know? Yeah. Good. In in running your business for so long, like what is it that still drives you? What is it that keeps you still passionate? What what is it that makes you want to continue to evolve and change? Oh, uh, just you know, witnessing people going through their own miracles, their own transformations. It, it is it is my junk food. It's my drug of choice. It's just amazing to be a witness to people going through those kinds of epiphanies and. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, like, like, I'm, I feel very, really blessed and fortunate to be able to work with people in such a deeply intimate, non-personal way. Like, there's no surface stuff at all. It's just like, just dive right in, right? You know that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, that's, yeah, I just feel really, really fortunate that that's what I get to do every day. I love it. And uh, I'm super aware of your time. I have one last question that I love to ask people. I did steal it from Tim Ferriss, but I think it's such a great question. Um, if you could have a billboard, downtown Toronto, massive, what would you put on it? Ah, service. We're all here to serve each other. Yeah. 
That's what I put on it. Remind everybody, we're all here to serve each other. We're all here to make a difference to each other. Yeah, I think I think that's a good message, especially now with yeah. what we're going through right now. You know, yeah. you see, you see a lot of um, instances of people who are giving and are serving and are doing as much as they can to help others. And then you see the extreme opposite. And I kind of wish the opposite would just like, just come this way a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're just waiting to be inspired. It's just a matter of time before yeah. they, they become corrupted with this. <laughs> they have to find their journey. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's a hero's journey, right? It's just, way, it's that place, that restless place before they move and they step, they step toward that threshold. They're just in that place before the threshold. And that's, and it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Then they'll start that hero's journey. They just need to get there. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you would like people to know about you or your businesses or your services? Oh my gosh, I've shared so much. Um, I, I, um, I guess the, the only thing I would share is if you've never tried anything like this, just try it. Just try yeah. it. It could change everything. Yeah, I can attest to that for sure. Yeah. It can, like, honestly, it can really help you open your eyes and see things in a complete different way but you have to be open like your mind has to be open to it not so your your mind has to be just open a little bit because I think skepticism is really important to have that we that we just we use our discernment really well and so uh, you know if people are a little bit sort of closed-minded I'm I'm okay with that because I trust in what I do enough that I know that we're going to get we're going to get enough information that's going to allow people to sort of start to just surrender and open up and start receiving new information, which just creates change and transformation. Who doesn't want that? Everybody yeah. evolve. So, yeah. That's amazing. And I think that's a, that's a great way to end it. Like that's, that's awesome, Lorianne. Thank you so much. And Thank you. what is your, if you want people to get in touch with you, what is the best place? Your website, LinkedIn? Um, my website or email or Facebook. Um, I'm really bad at LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, yeah, I'm really bad at it. I'm, I'm really bad at checking for messages there. So like email or my webpage, there's some pop-ups there. Um, or phone me, I don't care. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I still do. I, I'm not very good at texting either. So, but I will reply to a text, but yeah, I didn't give oh. you a very answer did I <laughs> no that's okay so it's just laurieanneking.com right that's it yeah, yeah. l-a-u-r-i-e a-double-n-e and king that's it dot com perfect okay. I'll put that in the show notes and thank you again so much for your time I really appreciate it oh thank you it was it was it was a blast it was fun <laughs> and uh it's kind of it's very good thank you very much it was lots thank of you. fun